welcome back to Dice and Salt. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. Today we have uh, part two of Meanwhile in Vigil. Indeed, and apparently I found out because Nick posted it on the Discord. I have been mispronouncing his character's name from part one. It's actually supposed to be mm-hmm. Hugh Ga. Mm. I still think it's Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman, but that's fine. <laughs> I thought it was Hugh Jack. I told him that I was imagining Hugh Jackman. He said I mm-hmm. needed to get my ears checked. So Nick's character is Hugh Jackman is dead to me. Mm. Okay. Just saying, got to have a little bit of, you know, love to keep it going. And Nick just pulled it away. <laughs> yep. But anyway, his character's name is Hugh Ga. Hugh Ga, which I will probably mess up, you know, once we get started again anyway. Probably. I, I know I probably will too. I guess they don't really have an intro this time. They just kind of get right back into it. They do. I, I, What I have for the first thing is Joe is having Harlan break the news to Captain Kinsley. So they come back. So she doesn't shoot the messenger? Right. So, well, in case she does <laughs> well, shoot so the it, messenger. In case she does shoot the messenger, yes. She doesn't shoot Joe. Because <laughs> yeah. Joe, we find out, just doesn't respect the badge. Respect the badge. No, he, he clearly doesn't. That's fine. He's quick to make someone else tell them the bad news, but the moment, you know, he realizes that the captain's not going to, like, lash out, and there's good news, he takes over from there. He's like, yeah, yeah, we we, we killed these devils. We encountered, yep. oh, by the way, Durwood's dead, yep. <laughs> but I promise you, it was the devils. Right, the, the warden and the devils. The, I mean... the warden and the devils, <laughs> which we killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, they killed the devils, they didn't kill the warden. Right, but Joe's ready to go kill the right. warden. My favorite part in this is, they say it's, you know, it was bearded devils that the Warden and Bearded Devils did this, and Captain Kinsley's comment is, I have no doubts. And all I can think <laughs> is, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, I would have huge doubts. Or, I think as Nick would like me to say, I'd have huge doubts. <laughs> Apparently he's trying to get up, you know, huge Yeah, you know, I don't get that one, but okay. I mean, I get yeah, that. whatever. I, eh, it's fine. <laughs> But yeah, I I lots of doubts, lots of doubts. Yeah. But we move forward. Fleabert gets in on on this episode though. He he right away hears overhears some of this and wants in. Mm-hmm. And even says, "I'll never get my skin tight furries if I don't, you know, help everybody get out of here." Still don't like it. Still cringed every time they said it. <laughs> but we did find out that Fleabert is a dual wielding gunslinger. Uh, of a sense, yes. <laughs> no, no, he's got two guns. A gun for the left and a gun for the right. Yeah. He kissed them both. <laughs> yes, his biceps, which apparently is are his guns. Which again, apparently that's what they call that's what they call it guns. Yeah, I know. So then they head off to the do they head off to the chapel? I forget where yeah. they head off. They head off somewhere else in the prison. It's like a little chapel to Ioma Day. Ah, okay. It is a chapel. Okay. Yep. I, I remember there was an altar there and stuff, but I, I couldn't remember for sure if it, it was a chapel. I don't, yep. Yeah, but they head off to the chapel. And they find the warden, like, inside a magic circle of some kind, either standing or sitting on the altar. Maybe I just didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, I thought I heard Alex say he was on the altar. Right. I just didn't know if he was sitting or standing on it. Which, which It made doesn't me, matter. Which made me contemplate. I was trying to understand what meaning of altar he was using then. Like if he actually meant like a table, kind of classically in a church where you have an altar and it's basically a table that stuff's done on. Or if he meant kind of the space underneath the altar as the altar, because that could work too. I was a little fuzzy on that. I don't know. Well, no, later on, I think James asks to 
do a perception check on the circle when they start seeing him and alex is like well no you can't see it because it's up on the altar and james is like oh okay so a zero percent chance so just fuck me right i guess okay <laughs> moving on <laughs> yeah james is james is a great james is great. Uh-huh. oh man so oh. they have a a talk with the warden that goes poorly it quickly. goes very poorly yeah and it seems like they were just wanting to to attack them anyway and were just looking for an excuse from both sides. Oh, yeah. It <laughs> so. was the, do I jump now and do I have surprise? Or, it, oh, I think I missed my surprise. Well, well, maybe I can get surprise again if I uh, keep talking long enough and lull them into a false sense of security. Yeah, it was a, yep. it was a little bit of that. And then finally, boom, we're in action, Yep, which was awesome. And Fleabert was, was great. They faced barb devils. Mm-hmm. and uh, Always fun enemies. Fleabert smashed them and then... James enlarged Fleabert, right? Or was that Goob right. that enlarged Fleabert? I thought it was James because he does it twice. Okay, well he did. He enlarged Fleabert, and Fleabert went from large to huge. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so he gets huge. He gets fifteen foot reach, and he uses it. Mm-hmm. And he just starts smacking the hell out of. He people. smashes the hell out of some of these barb devils, man. He just knocks them around. And then they got into a thing about how his AC wasn't that great because he wasn't in his uh, hide armor, and all I could think was. Aw, Fleabert forgot to put on his skin-tight furries. Mm, no, it's hide armor. There's no fur. There's, it's furless. <laughs> no, no, hide. No fur. Hide can have f- it, it be furry. It might be skin-tight. It might be skin-tight. It's the, no. Fleabert <laughs> in skin-tight leather. Oh. I guess we kind of get, I don't know, the dice do not seem to, oh, they seem to be very wishy-washy. They, they were brutal. They, they, they go from, it starts off bad. But then, like, they end up getting some pretty decent shots at the end. Well, the, the, come on, man. Let's talk about the super move, the, the absolute <laughs> super move that James pulls up. Goob does her telekinetic grab of the, well, first off, everybody's attacking the warden, right? And every time they attack the warden, uh-huh. spell or, or stunt or whatever, whatever, you know, ability, whatever. And it's like, uh, make a save, warden. It's the warden's like 28, uh, 29, uh, a 30 something. And you're just, he's just, he's crushing it. And finally, Goob's like, uh, I'm using telekinesis. Take your staff away and uh, make your roll. Uh, I rolled like a 13. You lose the staff. Yeah. And the warden was like beating the hell out of people with the staff too. He's like, I'm using my staff. You know? Yeah. No, she, she straight up took his. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a, James catches it out of the air. It was a total, you know, take the pebble from my hand, grasshopper, except the pebble is a staff. And she just took it. Boom. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she sends it over to James, who uses his, uh, I think it was a glove of storing, whips out a pepper box pistol. Mm-hmm. And then he casts, using the staff as a component, he casts a uh, named bullet. So now he's all prepped up. And oh, then yeah. uh, he... He's hitting against touch yep, AC. He's all good to go. He's, he's revved up. bullet. He waits for the next turn and gets right up on the warden and fires that sucker. Bam! Rolls a two. So his pepper box has misfired. And and his number's so low that he doesn't even hit the touch AC. <laughs> oh, God. It was like it's pretty the buildup was amazing. It's it was like the... the timing was awesome. You're like, whoa, something awesome's happening. And then it just, no. Yep. No. Nope. Nope. The dice said no. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Oh. oh, and Goob got a hero point for that. Now, this was a fun one for me because he's like, Alex goes, oh, have you read up on what hero points do? And Amanda, who's playing Goob, goes, well, sort of, but I don't remember. And uh, Alex is like, oh, you can do this and you can do this and you do this. And all I could think in was just tell her it's a snowflake. 
Just tell her it's like a snowflake. You're a Dimension Door fan, Alex. You've heard them use snowflakes, which is what Dimension mm. Door calls their hero points. And they use them for basic oh. they use them for basically the same stuff. So oh, okay. you know, that's what it's you know there for. So it was like, dude, <laughs> do you even listen to the podcast? No, I'm teasing it. I'm teasing. <laughs> And then there was a there was another thing. What were, oh, the range touch attack. Trying to figure it out because it's. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Amanda says to James, "Call out your role." I did. No, no, call your role. I don't remember him. Calling he never the called the number. I don't know what he, he never rolled. called the number. He didn't say what he right. rolled. I was like, I don't, I don't remember what he rolled because we were trying to figure out. He's like, "Does it hit?" And I'm like, "I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if it hit." James. <laughs> well, I can't see your dice. Well, the best part is he goes, "Did I hit?" And it's like, um, well, what you know, what what did you roll? There's this know. little thing, and I was, <laughs> I was like, oh man, it's like you know that modem sound when you had those old, uh, that again, you know, old guy here, the 28k modems dialing up, you know, the bonga 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 bonga, you know, and they it connect finally, <laughs> and you get to do the slow scan of uh, or download the you know your slow images and stuff. You're like, wow, I just got three lines of this picture. It's great. <laughs> oh, it was cracking me up, man. I remember dial up. I'm not that young. Oh, you're a child. You're such a baby. <laughs> such a baby compared to me. I had to deal with uh, a, a 56K modem on a phone line for like... A 56K modem. Yeah. Dude, we thought we were screaming at 14.4, so don't give me this 56K crap. <laughs> just just be quiet. Just just stop. Just stop. Turkey. You're, you're my little sister is who you are. Turkey. You're my little sister. Um, thank you. <laughs> no, 15 years younger. My little sister's 15 years younger. Ah, okay. And then there was uh, the bad guy had a fumble. <laughs> it's almost, I mean, it's definitely not payback for uh, two weeks ago for Cricks, but it's its funny because it's its straight up, oh, hey, you get a will save, and um, if you fail, you're just yeah, and then you roll the one in the middle of battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty damn Pretty damn amazing. See his barb double. Well, it wasn't the barb double. Then... That was the big, big bad guy. I thought uh, it wasn't the warden. It wasn't the warden. I thought the warden was the one that dropped with the failed save. Mm-mm. Because uh, I think oh, James okay. ends up dropping the warden later. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the devil. Because like he just Alex has Fleabert do the move the Hulk did to Loki, where he just grabs him by his ankles and smashes yes. him into the ground. Smack, 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 smack. Yeah, the Marvel, the, Mar- <laughs> the MCU. Uh, you beast. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. Yep, beauty god. And then I think next round they uh they end up dropping the warden anyway and getting out of combat. Oh yeah, there was there was some real brutality and that was that was great. <laughs> and Alex had so much salt from that man. His dice did, <laughs> his dice did him in. And and I even on my notes for the episode I'm like, "Oh, the damn salt from Alex. Salt's all capitalized and his dice dice are all capitalized or just doing him in." Oh yeah. All sold all the time. Although he never said what kind of dice he was rolling. True. And I I will say this. Amanda and James need to get themselves some power dice. I'm sure we could send them a set. I, well, I'm sure we could. That's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Ah, now I'm thinking. Now I'm thinking. <laughs> because after that, they find the Warden's scroll of plane shift and all the oh, Durwood's, material. Yeah, Durwood's, oh, Durwood's uh, scroll, scroll yeah. of plane shift and the tuning fork. Which, for from some reason, nobody plane. checked to make sure it was from the prime material plane. Although I'm not sure how they would check, to be honest. I, I don't know. Yeah, it was. I, it was I just amazing. know that they kind of end up setting the spell off on on fate or faith. faith. Yeah, they read the scroll on. But faith. like, but the scroll says okay. And you brought this up earlier before we started recording. The scroll says they can take eight people. Yeah, and yet only five people leave. 
And a couple of people like volunteer to stay behind, and I'm like, why didn't you just go? They had three open slots. <laughs> yeah, they should just grab three extra like, people. Like they just kind of yeah, they just kind of abandoned. Or, or even even if they'd taken Fleabert, who would have taken, I believe, two slots, or maybe maybe all three. Else. They may have taken all. Th- he might have taken all three. Is uh, huge, but because I think that's how teleport works. You, if you take a large person, they take an extra slot. So I think a huge person probably takes two. But if it doesn't mention that, then yeah, they absolutely should have taken the max. I mean, I'm just I'm looking at it. it uh, creatures touched are up to eight willing creatures joining hands. You move yourself or other creatures to a different plane of existence or alternate dimension. Oh, it says creatures even, so it could be like a dragon holding your hand. Yeah, it it gives no... No size limitations. Size requirements or limitations. It just says transports creatures instantaneously and... Yeah, they totally should have taken Fleabird. Yeah, they could have. Especially after the devil fight and the, the unholy beatdown he brought on the devils. They uh-huh. should have taken him. I mean, if nothing else, and yet they, he spares all the other prisoners two weeks of him talking about skin-tight furries and how that's going to be the yep. new trend in, uh, you know, Vigil. He makes this big deal for, you know, two episodes about getting out and leaving, and then when he has his chance to leave, he just gets left behind. Yeah, that was... Uh, that I, was... Uh, okay. <laughs> that, I think that was an oversight. I, th- I think he actually did come along, and they're going to explain it to us, that, you know, naturally they you know, maxed it out because they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. And especially with the warden and the devils, you know, things could have been hairy. Yeah, I don't know. I I would have taken them because obviously something's wrong if you have to use that to get out of the prison. Mm -hmm. But But yeah, they leave. They arrive on the outskirts of uh, Vigil and they find it just as we left it. Yeah, they don't end up actually super close to Vigil. What is that river? The river... The river-esque. The river-esque. And then it's Mm -hmm. my impression was it was some kind of like overlook... Or something, or mm-hmm. some spot where you had this neat vantage point where Vigil was maybe up a little bit, something like that. And I was thinking a distance of a maybe a couple miles. Uh, maybe I think the minimum distance that they end up from there where they wanted to is five. Okay, that could work if it you know if it it was a had a rise to it. But I remember that they uh, from where they're at, they should be looking right at the city of Vigil, and it's just yeah. shattered and crushed, and they don't see Castle Overwatch. Just a crater. Just a crater. There's smoke rising from the ruins. It's just, you know, it's, oh shit, it's utterly destroyed. And uh, and they just kind of leave it there. Oh, like yeah. Alex well, likes to do. I, yeah, Alex Alex is setting that up. And I love that Amanda's first experience with <laughs> the tyrant's grasp is she's like, oh, crap. I mean, she just, it was perfect. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. But yeah, <sighs> so I guess uh, that's kind of where it ends. So we're kind of yeah, at the end of the episode. He, he, we are at the end of the episode, but Alex did suggest that they might continue this mm-hmm. uh, down the road. So we might get some more, you know, meanwhile episodes or, uh, you know, like nice. they did with Skull and Shackles, the sweet side action. I think it could be a lot of fun. I, I hope they're able to uh, get James and Amanda back to do, you know, other little continuations of the story. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, and especially for the podcast in terms of, you know, running out of or having schedules not aligned properly so that they they need something to fill in. This was a sweet mm-hmm. way to do it, I thought. Really loved it. Yeah, and I guess kind of speaking of Amanda, we have an interview with her coming up, so I guess we can uh, we can throw to that. Yeah. <laughs> We're here with Amanda from Dimension Door. Her and James just did the Meanwhile episodes with Inspired Incompetence, and um, thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. All right. Uh, 
I get nervous when I talk to people I don't know, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I, I have a bit of social anxiety myself, which is one of the reasons why you guys were the first guys I did a a, a guest star spot on, because uh-huh. I've always been a bit, uh, I don't know, I, I, I kind of feel like I'm boring, <laughs> so I don't want to bore people. <laughs> oh my gosh, so not boring. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Not at all. Come on now. You broke my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you made you you broke my brain. You you seriously did. So How there's so? no way you can be boring. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad that you don't think I'm boring. <laughs> that's less anxiety over here now. Yeah, there should definitely be any not boring. anxiety. Anyone willing to put up with those boys is not boring. <laughs> okay. Well, you haven't obviously listened to the Severed Fate podcast, the one that I GM for, because. I think those are the hardest boys to put up with, to oh, be no. completely honest. <laughs> oh, no. I don't need another podcast to add to my list. <laughs> There's so many already. Oh, no. Sorry. Well, we're we're running the uh, the Paizo Carrion Crown AP, so the horror one. Yeah. Okay. That's easier because uh, I don't do well with horror. I have terrible nightmares. Well, to be fair, my intention was it for it to be a, a full-on horror podcast. But again, the guys I GM for are very <laughs> uh, witty <laughs> and funny <laughs> and punny people. So it's a lot, a lot of laughter, yeah, <laughs> a toast. little bit of horror mixed in. There's all those puns. See, you you would never show up for that. I know you. You can't take any punishment at all. Uh, <laughs> this is oh, what he does a- to me. This is what he does to me. <laughs> what? Week after week. I'm innocent, completely innocent. Uh-huh. At pure as the driven snow. All right. So I guess my question is why exactly did you decide if you uh if you've never guest spot on anyone else's podcast, why them this time? Well, uh it was a challenge to myself and James and Elizabeth both said that they were awesome people and fun and that you know, James felt like he was I don't know. He he didn't say that he felt like he was taking all the all the guest spots for Dimension Door when people asked, but he kind of is. <laughs> and I felt bad that it was just him. And I'm like, all right, I'll throw my hat in there this time and see what happens. And it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It was, uh, I remember listening to James do a Meanwhile episode a couple years ago when they were still in their Skull and Shackles. It might not have been a couple years ago, but I'm bad with time. So, you know, it's I, I fine. Get that. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I, I enjoyed that, and it put Dimension Door on my list. And I, like I said, I have so many podcasts. Like I have it in my feed, and it downloads five episodes, but I just haven't gotten around to actually listening to it. <laughs> so you're getting download numbers from me. Well, that's good. <laughs> my favorite part about discovering Dimension Door was Alex and uh, Tom both said, "Oh yeah, it's really great." So I popped over to the Discord and. Neither Alex nor Tom were even on your Discord yet. <laughs> so I beat them. <laughs> nice. You can hold that over did them Did they finally ever. join? Uh, they did. I forget why. I grumped at Alex and he showed up and then Tom showed up shortly thereafter, I think. Ah. I, I don't really remember. I just remember that I got <laughs> over there and was like, hey, I'm going to look for What the hell? I thought these guys liked this podcast. And they just weren't even on the Discord. So Yeah. Great way to show it, guys. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> All right, so we covered why you did it. Whose idea was it? How did it come about? Uh, it was Elizabeth reaching out to all of us Dimension Door people saying, hey, Inspiring Competence has a spot open and or for you know a one-shot 
guest spot and we're wondering if anybody was interested and I usually like well I'm too busy I got too much stuff going on I don't have time to create another character and but I kind of felt like maybe it was time for me this time so and and I'm happy I did it because I absolutely adore the character I created I want to keep playing Goob um (laughs) I love that name (laughs) yeah Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of how it came about. Is I get, I think you guys reached out to James and Elizabeth, and they reached out to us, and and I raised my hand and said, "I'll try it." Awesome! You did a fantastic job. I was laughing, you know, pretty much the whole time. It was funny. Yeah, awesome. Toast really enjoyed the skin tight furries from. Uh, oh, stop it, <laughs> Stop it. What? Stop uh, it. <laughs> it makes me giggle every time too. It. I, yep. <laughs> I get. A, it gives me a reaction too. <laughs> oh, oh man! So, Goob, I love that name. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. you picked it. How did you pick that name? Well, my initial thought about the character was to create. I mean, because it was a prison setting, I didn't want to just go straight on prisoner or straight on guard. I kind of wanted to see if I could find an interesting mix for a character like a a prisoner that wasn't that bad anymore because in all of the one-shot paperwork that I was reading through it talked about how the prisoners go through bettering themselves and and so I'm like well how do I do that? How do I be like an evil but not evil character or an evil character trying to become a better person? And the the first character that popped into my head was Yagubian, Michael Yagubian from uh, Meet the Robinsons. And he's his nickname was Goo, but you know the little kid who's really really tired in the beginning, and he the whole reason he's turned into a bad guy was because of one baseball game, and he was a terrible terrible evil villain. He wasn't good at it at all because there was a part of him that wasn't really evil. Just his circumstances led him down this path, and then he ended up you know turning, and so that was kind of my inspiration. And so I just decided to name the character after that inspiration, and and stuck with Goob. Nice. Oh man! And when did you know that you were uh, overrepresenting? half works in this prison <laughs> <laughs> when we started playing <laughs> <laughs> that was good so I'm like oh it's a half work oh it's another half work that's that's another half work we are way <laughs> way over representing this yeah Alex going <laughs> yeah but it makes sense for a prison Alex going oh god they're everywhere <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part there talk about skirting uh, the edge of the PC right there yeah oh man let's see okay so you worked with the guys. What was it like? Is is Alex the diva everyone says he is? I don't know about diva. Um, it's okay. You can lie here. He... <laughs> but I did hear, and this is funny, I did hear that he was a big stickler for rules. And I spent so many hours learning my character forward and backwards so that I could immediately be on top of everything because I didn't want to be the one person who didn't know what they were doing with their character. <laughs> I didn't really have to worry about that after. Um, <laughs> I don't remember who it was. Oh, I couldn't remember everybody's character whose name went with what character. But oh, the guy who played Jan. Joe. Joe. Oh, Joe. Um, I think he got his character sheets right before he started playing. <laughs> That's, if I that, remember correctly. That's that Joe. doesn't surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, I'm way overprepared. But then, you know, I felt better when Alex was like, hey, does that have spell resistance? And I'm like, I know this one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, that's, that's awesome. That's good. That's awesome. Oh, man, I totally had a question on my thing and just lost it. Oh, okay. So I have, uh, I noticed something when you guys were playing. You got a hero point. Yeah. And I'm just curious, if Alex, 
who listens to your podcast had said, Amanda, it's just like a snowflake. Would you have understood what it was? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what I thought. I can't believe that dingling. <laughs> well, no, everybody <laughs> calls it something different. In my podcast, I call it a sanity die instead of a snowflake. It's a little different, though, because we use, you can add a D6 to your D20 roll. That's different. Uh, yeah, actually, that is different. Instead of rolling a D20 twice. Yeah. Rolling a D20. Oh, are you, is that a, that's not a D&D one, though, is it? No, uh-uh. Uh, it's it's a homebrew rule. God. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like adding. Oh, there's a character in my game that I DM that does this, like bit of luck or something. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But when you roll the d6 and the d20 together, if the two dice together add up to a 20, it's considered a nat 20. Ah, uh, okay. So, hmm. And yeah, so it's it's nice that you, but you can only add it to a, a d20 roll and and. For my, um, for my, we call it the sanity die. You can actually use more than one at a time if you have them. Oh, so you, if you really need to succeed on something. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. All right, then that's kind of neat. Just giving everyone like, a, I don't know, it's, Just a, it's boost a yeah. If they need it, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely different different house rules. Like at at my table, the the hero point rules say you can only use it one time for a roll and we decided as long as you're using it for different and it's like also it's not just one time for a roll it's one time for uh i think your turn but then we were like we decided well what does it matter if we burn them all up doing i'm gonna do this thing and then this thing and then this thing uh like you know adding to a roll and then i want to get an extra action and then i want to i don't know what else you could do but something and uh pretty much we decided yeah you want to burn them all up burn them all up i mean it just makes it less painful for the game master that way they're not sitting out there <laughs> for the game master to be like god are they going to hero point me here or am i going to get them finally yeah my nice my players like to use them for role play reasons i uh <laughs> <laughs> okay no <laughs> what? no 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 I, I i'm laughing because that's what i did and i you know got a fellow player to lose his shit at the table <laughs> nice they don't i mean a couple of them will use them in combat when things are going bad but like most of the time they'll use them for, for, for role play things and they've you know, to convince NPCs to do things or, or things like that. And I don't know, it's a lot of fun to see, you know, different groups using them for different things. Yeah. It's just I guess it depends on what the what the group finds important. I, I tend to be a much more role play heavy game master. I mean I still do the combat and stuff and, and you know, I've I've killed PCs and stuff, but like I say killed. I've gotten I've gotten one. We're four books in and I've gotten one. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy them really laying on the the role play. Yeah, I I'm one of those kind of GMs too. I really like the role play aspect, also. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So Amanda, before you did this crossover, did you know anything at all about Tyrant's Grasp? No. Okay, so you're so when you come out of the prison and you're next to the river, help me out here. Esk. Esk. Sorry. I see. To, <laughs> you're just gonna you're just gonna spoil this for her. No, 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 no. When she comes out okay. and you see Vigil, you know, in ruins, smoke rising, it's just been nuked or bombed or whatever. So that was your, just your straight up reaction to that description, huh? Yeah. Oh, man, that's great. <laughs> I loved when he was just, you come out and, you know, there's a little bit of talking and then he gives the description of it being all bombed out and you're all, oh, crap. That was just, I was like, <laughs> yeah, wow, that's awesome. 
Well, I kind of imagined that there was supposed to be an actual city on the other side and not a destroyed city on the other side. So was, you you would think. Yeah, that was that was an honest reaction. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I guess, do they have any plans to bring you guys back? Or, or is that just kind of a, as they need, I, I hesitate to call it filler, but, you know, scheduling well, conflicts. Asked, yeah, they asked us at the end if we wanted to get back together and keep going. And we all said yes, so... Uh, we haven't heard anything about that. Mm-hmm. I imagine it'll be as time permits. Uh, but I'm totally e- thrilled and excited to come back if you guys ask or if they ask. I'm going to be pushing them to <laughs> ask. You can you can bet that. Oh, me nice. too. I was thrilled with these two episodes. Like, so we saw you guys down in the little recording channel, and we kept poking and prodding them in in the uh, in one of the Patreon channels. Like, what's going on? Who's that? And they wouldn't tell us anything. <laughs> Uh, so we for the record, we I knew happening. who you guys were. I recognized the names. Okay. I recognized yeah. James, and I, I can put two and two together that Amanda must have also been from Dimension Door. I'm not dumb. I never I'm said you were dumb. Slow. <laughs> but I didn't want to blow anything surprise they might be building, so that's why I kept my mouth shut. Mm, okay. Other than, you know, we I think shortly thereafter we started the podcast. So then I that's when I started talking to you and telling you about it. Mm-hmm. So what was your favorite part about it, Amanda? What was your favorite part in the crossover? You know, I really think that final battle was the most... I rolled terribly for so long in all of the other combats, <laughs> the first combats that came up. So when I finally started getting some good rolls, um, like uh, when I did the uh, got the staff away from the warden, that was... And then James is like, woo, oh, can I have that? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, just being able to... I love playing off of other people. I'm a very yes and kind of person. I try to be. Same. Yeah, try to pull people in, try to get people involved. And if someone hasn't been talking for a while, ask them a question. Or, uh, But, you know, that that last combat was a lot of fun because there was a lot of interplay uh, amongst the characters. And that was fun. Yeah, I think we called it the Jedi move of the podcast in our oh in our, yeah <laughs> I, it was i think it was probably my favorite moment of the of the episode except for what happens right after yeah. when james gets the named bullet and then just yeah. fails so badly <laughs> oh <laughs> man the dice sometimes do not roll in our favor no Oof. no they don't i did especially like that exchange because you're all c- call your roll oh Right. That's all. I, I did. No, no he, he didn't. So, so did I hit? And everyone's like, I, I don't know. We don't know what you roll. <laughs> it's like, we're on a podcast. You have to say it out loud. And he never did. And he still never didn't did. say he it. Never said it. <laughs> I, I have absolutely, like, I think it was, it was, it was way, way past, past it when we there, finally figured oh out what God, that he was, rolled. Yeah, but when he goes, yeah, I, I, I got a plus six and I only got an eight and that misses. <laughs> yeah, it was the only way we figured out. Oh, he rolled a two. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that and the, uh, was it the misfire on the, the firearms? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the pepper box because uh, Valdine carries a pepper box in the Dimension Door podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's what that was a lot of fun uh, mixing kind of like the positive and the kind of evil spells together in my spell list because I, I've never heard of a cleric that can actually channel positive and channel negative both and I managed to build that and so it was fun having like say oh yeah I can I can cure you and cure people cure people and then I'm gonna do murderous glance at you and I'm gonna you know <laughs> just all these like whoa wow, this is kind of evil <laughs> 
What kind of cleric was it? That I've never heard of that one either. It's called an appeaser. And I cannot actually be evil. I have to be neutral. Mm. Um, and you can you start off casting or being able to channel negative, and then you can start channel positive, doing channel positive a little bit later, but at a lower level. So it really fit that was evil starting to come around and be more good type of character where it's like, I can do a little bit of this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. That's a neat. That's an archetype. Yeah. Interesting. A cleric archetype. It is very interesting. I'd never heard of that one. But there's so many archetypes in this in this game that I can. Oh gosh, you could go forever. Yeah, I I try Good to stuff. I try to build characters, and I am I'm very bad at it. <laughs> it takes me forever to figure out how to actually build them and what actually works. Yeah. I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I am lucky that I have uh, Nick and Zach who are, Nick is uh, our roommate. He's on the Severed Fate podcast and he's been playing with us for years and he's like a master wizard when it comes to creating characters. He's like got all of the feats in his head and he's like, oh, you could take this trait and match it with this feat and they stack and you can now do this awesome thing. And it's like, what? Yeah. So <laughs> I get a lot of help from him, which is awesome. So that's that makes it when you could bounce ideas off of people and say, this is kind of what I'm looking to do and then he starts throwing stuff at me oh you could go this direction or you could go that direction it's a lot it makes it a lot more fun when you have somebody who has that in their head that can just kind of point you in a direction and get you started yeah that would be that would be very useful <laughs> yeah I'm not that good I'm not that good either look if you want to role play I'm your girl but like you want to build a character <laughs> please don't come to me I'll, I'll give you ideas on on how you role play as your character or maybe their backstory but mechanics are not my forte <laughs> it's taken me years to get used to used to the mechanics and honestly gming is what kind of turned that around a lot for me too because mm-hmm. you, you have to know the rules a bit more so that really helped i th- i mean i didn't start playing spellcasters until a year ago because I was so intimidated and scared by them with how much there was to learn. Oh. No, you know, I just played strictly martial classes for the first four years. Exactly. That's what I did. I played barbarian and like a fighter and I think a rogue after that. Because like I just like did not want to deal with the bookkeeping that came along with a magic character. <laughs> yeah, I get that. But I've been getting into them more the last year. So it's, it's pretty fun. It is a lot more to keep track of. Uh, note cards are awesome for keeping track of that stuff. But uh, no, it's 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 been a fun expansion on my knowledge base. And we've been doing strictly Pathfinder 1E. So I'm actually looking forward to kind of spreading my wings into other areas as well now that I've been doing this for so long. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I have a 2E game that I play and um, it's brutal. And that's a little bit the GM, but it's also a little bit, I think, the system, because I've played six sessions and I'm on character number four. Whoa. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's intense. <laughs> it's it's fair it's very intense. <laughs> wow. What? Say that again, Toast. What? You're 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 on an AP? We're playing Abomination Vaults. Okay. And I think I've played six maybe seven sessions it's not more than that and um sessions holy crap and you've burned through four characters already i think three have died wow i have terrible character names i have thought and she died she was a fighter and then i had theron lies and that was a monk they died and then i had mel in collie and she died (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, it's because it's pronounced melancholy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny word. <laughs> and now I have Leek Leek, who is a, a known barbarian, and we'll see how long she lasts. Well, just make sure that her presentation is always top-notch, and that's what will make her a superhero. <laughs> you, you want to do this over text? That's fine. I got you. I am a play-by-post GM. You want to do it over voice or in person, and I am going to be very quiet. <laughs> oh, I doubt that. Oh, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, I, I will write you like a novel for a scene on what's going on, but if you want me to actually tell you, you might get half a paragraph. <laughs> I'm I'm much better when I don't have to talk. And yet I'm doing a podcast where all I do is talk. So, you know, pushing boundaries. <laughs> it's good for you to expand, <laughs> step outside of the comfort zone now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, as far as playing 2E, I've played 2E. I like it better than first edition just because for me, first edition, you have to like map out all 20 levels of your character basically to get where you want to be. And that to me is kind of a pain. You you can't actually react to like role playing that happens. See, that's interesting because uh, Zach and I actually do. Um, Zach, who's also on Dimension mm-hmm. Door podcast, is my husband. He, he I'm familiar with Bolka. <laughs> Bolka's love. Oh, <laughs> um, both him and I. I'm a Marge would... fan, though. Oh, thanks. Uh, Marge has been a fun and hard to play for sure. But we do our level up. Because we don't min-max, we like to do everything story-driven. So we actually only plan our characters so far, like maybe level 5, 6, maybe level 7. But a lot of times we end up uh, leveling up our characters based off of what happened to our characters the last time we played, you know, between the last level. And it's most of our, you know, ability points or skill ranks and or feet or things like that. It's based off of, you know what, my character learned this over these last few months. And so she's going to now be better at this. And so we don't actually plan out to level 20. I don't think I ever have planned a character out to level 20. (laughs) I think I might get a couple levels ahead of where I start. And then I just kind of level up story driven wise you know it, it makes it for a, a very the characters are harder to play because it's much more uh, role play and not as good in combat per se mm-hmm. but it's I don't know it just makes the characters more real no it does you, you know level them up that way no it, it does the only characters I ever level up through 20 are the two e ones and that's because there's path builder for 2e that i can access on on a website and it literally tells me these are the feats that you have access to and this is what you can pick from at this level and it just it makes it easy enough that you know i don't have to i I don't want to say i don't have to think about it but i don't have to look through a hundred different source books to to find what i'm what i might want it tells me this is what you have access to with your build that is nice. That's, yeah, one E could stand to use something like that, <laughs> for sure. There's so much. They have one. Oh, really? It, it, it exists. It's, it's called Path Builder, but they did not make it for a browser or for iOS. It's strictly an Android app. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And the only I, I use it, but I have to emulate Android architecture on my desktop to get it to run. Weird. Yeah. Like they would only release it for Android. That's interesting. Well, I think some of that is actually the timing of 
when Pathfinder came out compared to where society was with the phones and the apps on phones. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. You know, I think it was Pathfinder was kind of already here and then we start getting into apps and 2E hits and it's like, no, man, boom, here's how you make an app and it plays off everything and all that stuff. And, you know, it just wasn't what the timing wasn't right for them to get a real mature. That's probably fair. Would be my guess. I don't know. But it exists. I know it's out there. And I do use it. It makes it easier. But uh... I'll have to check it out. Uh, well, I think that's all the questions I had and can think of. I, uh, I certainly learned a lot. I uh... still not going to listen to Dimension Door. No, tomorrow, no. <laughs> I'm trying to work my way through Lawful Great because Benjamin did guest GM spot on my play by post game, which was phenomenal. It was great, and so I I have to listen to that one now. Promises to keep and all that. I will get to it eventually. Eventually. (laughs) Until then, they can enjoy the extra download from me, and then I'll have to download it again when I start listening. So they kind of double up. There you go. (laughs) Make us think we're more special than we are. I see. (laughs) That was not the intent. (laughs) (laughs) See, once once again, me showing my uh, social ineptness. Well, if you'd like to listen to some fun horse puns, you can always just skip to episode 11 of Severed Fate, and you will laugh the the entire episode. (laughs) I would probably do that. Puns are my favorite bit of comedy, so... (laughs) <laughs> that is that is it's very prominent throughout the whole I like I said it's my intention was hardcore horror and it's turned into something a lot more fun than that. <laughs> so <laughs> Carrion Crown, that's the AP that does the like each book is a different classic monster type thing, yeah. right? Or genre. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. My uh my home table here, they don't run everything with me. They have some other games that they they play and I'm only in a couple of them cuz I have a family and you know I like to see them surprisingly enough, but uh, <laughs> they were running it and it was, uh, I swear to God, what was it? They were, they were saying it was kind of like uh, Josie and the Pussycats. You know, <laughs> if you remember that old cartoon or Josie and the Pussycats in space where they're doing that because they were, they ended up all being bards. I think, well, no, <laughs> two of them were bards. Two of them were bards. And so they were doing the, they were, you were claiming they were, you know, a band. They had a fatality early on and that character got replaced. But uh, yeah, they pretty much, they've done that and they were just waltzing through all the stuff. So. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. It was, well, okay. So my players make things hard <laughs> on me. They they did everything really, really out of order. Because uh, the first book is kind of based off haunted house, ghosts, things like that, a haunted prison. And we just finished that book. We just recorded the last episode where, uh, and it's just three guys. I'm jamming three guys and they are doing gestalt 1E characters. Fun. Uh, and yeah, um, but what's funny is one of their classes, I said, you can be just adults. There's only three of you, but one of your classes has to be bard. <laughs> that you can pick whatever else you want for the second one. So they're a band. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me they have a horribly punny band name. Uh, well, the, the, it took them a while to come up with one. <laughs> I think they went with the Puny Prancers. <laughs> oh, boy. No, it was nothing that interesting, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> But um, they actually, I, I don't know if you want me to give away the, the, the book, the end of the book. Um, Honestly, by the time I end up listening to it, I won't remember. You may not remember. Well, two of the three died, but they ended up attacking this, this haunted prison completely backwards. There's like three levels to it. And the basement is obviously where the biggest, baddest ghosties are. Mm-hmm. Right? And they decide to go there first. Oh, I know oh, this. God. I know this. 
So they they almost TPK'd fighting like the big boss at level three. Oh no! And, and then oh. uh, their and their NPC that they had with them died, and then they took like they completely went off the rails and left the town to go to another city to be able to raise this NPC back from the dead. And I had to completely write two uh, what was that a two months worth of episodes that was just completely had nothing to do with the AP. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I had. Uh. Oh, that's and awesome! And then they came back, and then they came back and started doing the, the uh, in the order things should have gone in. So they were way overpowered for all of the easier stuff. And then I, it's just the way it all came together was absolutely hilarious. And it was it was a, an extremely challenging book for me as a GM because of mm-hmm. how backwards they did things and how I had to adjust. And some of the fights they actually had hide undead for. And so there's this whole section where there's uh, skeletons in every single cell in this one area. And all the skeletons come to life because this big ghostie is sees the PCs coming, but the PCs have hide from undead on. So the skeletons don't see them. So what's supposed to be this <laughs> big fight turns into them creeping down the hallways, looking at all these skeletons just standing there. Oh, no. <laughs> I had a similar, I don't want to call it a problem, a similar situation. My players are playing Jade Regent. And at the end of book one, there's a, a, a castle that you basically have to go through. And there mm-hmm. there is a secret entrance. It's just very hard to find because one of the NPCs you find has to tell you about it. Otherwise, you know, they, they don't have the roles, the, the skills high enough to find the entrance. My players use their hero points to, to role play. Role play, yeah. yeah. They got the uh, the diplomacy check so high that I'm just like, I have, to, I, I, I have to tell them everything this character knows. I mean, I don't have to as the GM, but like, you know, I did. And so they end up yeah. going down this the secret entrance, and it leads right to the book one boss. And then, oh man! And so like they're supposed to be level four, I think, when they fight this thing. And it's CR six. It's hard. Oh. It's a hard fight. They went in at at level two. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> First thing that happens is the archer crits and damn near kills it. Oh jeez! Oh, wow. Yeah. It didn't even get a round. Like, it did not get its turn. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, boy. Because that first opening shot was a crit, and it took it down far enough that uh, most of them got to go before it did, and they took it out. And I'm just like, I don't know how you survived that, but you did. Congratulations. That and, was the book And with boss. flying colors. That's the, that's the hurtful part. <laughs> right. It's not like they, yeah. they all had to pick themselves up off the floor. No, no. It, they, it's, no. it's like they waltzed right through you. Uh-huh. Yeah. They just did that to Mine me again, too. It's fine. It's fine. I have a tight. <laughs> yeah, mine at least had the courtesy to almost die during their <laughs> attack of the book one bad guy. Nope. Uh, nope. Too early. Oh. Nope. They uh, they walked right through him. Man. It's fine. That's what makes it fun, though, as a GM. It, I, I really feel like it keeps you on your toes and makes you think more outside the box than you would even as a player. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I've taken to rebuilding everything from the ground up in this, in this AP, like... <laughs> everything from the little mooks that you know you fight in the the lower parts of the dungeons and stuff they get rebuilt they all have class levels now <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> my players are mowing through all of my monsters i can't help it oh, i have man. to i have to try and give them a challenge <laughs> right anyway i think we've held you on for long enough <laughs> well thanks for having me this is fun yeah thanks for Thank coming you on for accepting our invitation i of i course. really appreciate that of course. Uh, anytime. Oh, careful. We'll bring you back. <laughs> Do you want to plug all of your stuff? 
Oh, yes, please. Sure, yeah. We actually have... When is this air? This will be Monday. Oh, okay, cool. So coming up on Wednesday, then, is the release of book one finale for Severed Fate. And then the Wednesday after that is going to be the book two finale for Dimension Door. Uh, release. Uh, how we managed to coincide those together, I don't know how, but that's, <laughs> it happened. And then also coming up soon, I uh, am a guest voice actor on the Selden Crisis podcast, which is an in-depth look at Isaac Asimov's uh, The Foundation series, the trilogy. Uh, and I play some character roles. Uh, that's not so much, a not like TTRPG, it's more just you know, voice acting, but that's going to be coming out soon too, uh, that I'm really excited about. And actually, Zach did uh, voices on that as well. And then Zach is writing something on a piece of paper for me to not forget to tell you. Oh, okay. So the Dimension Door finale is actually two episodes away. So we have another episode coming out next Wednesday. And then the finale comes out two weeks after that. So I was wrong on the timing. Thanks, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least we got it cleared up. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I was, I really had a blast talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. And hopefully we'll get to talk again. Yeah, and be sure... To say hi to Bolka for me, because... I will as soon as... Hi, Bolka! He's right behind me. <laughs> oh, hello! <laughs> That's awesome. He says hi back. I, I heard that. That's amazing. Oh, good. <laughs> and yes, thank you so much for, for coming on with us. I, we just really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And have a great night. All right. Bye! All right. Bye! bye. And that does it for us this week. You can find us and the players on Inspired Incompetence Discord. Links can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Well, I can't say what I want. It's being recorded. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) And I know Toast. We'll have to cut this out. She'll cut it all out, but I don't want to leave anything there that she might possibly save for later due to its, you know, humorous content. Because ah. <laughs> I know she'd never hold anything over me and use it against me ever. Of course mm-hmm. not. Of course not. Of course not. It sounded sarcastic, but I really meant it. <laughs> <laughs>